0: I want to give my audience, if my audience has been, um, I've had old podcasts, I think from last year, and I was talking about BDSM. So the difference with this podcast, mm-hmm. Wesley is going to introduce himself and explain how BDSM work because I may be going on my very first date
1: and I need to do it appropriately. <laughs> yes. So introduce yourself. Sure. So my name is Wesley Tomo. I am a relationship and intimacy coach. Uh, I focus mostly on the queering kink communities, uh, two communities that I'm very proud to be part of. That's an adorable kitty. Um, <laughs> uh, kink is, very, is a very big... Uh, important part of my life I I give it a lot of credit on how it's made me a better person in the end um, it's a lot of fun I enjoy it you know and I think if done well if done right if done safely anybody can have a great time with it and it can be very enjoyable okay and you have
0: safe words
1: mm-hmm so yeah, so you did want to talk about safety and and uh, all that stuff. So let's we can we can get into that. Um, in terms of safe words, uh, I don't actually use safe words myself. Uh, not because I don't think they're bad or because I'm trying to be unsafe. Um, because I, I find them limiting. When you use a safe word, if someone use, if someone in a scene uses a safe word, scene is over. You're done. You can talk about it. You can kind of work out, figure out what what happened, but you're done. You're not having, you know, the scene is over for the night. What I do is I use uh, the red, yellow, green system, kind of like the streetlight system. And it is what you think it is. So like green means everything's good. Go, just go full force Um, or, you know, go ahead. I should say Um, yellow means we're going to stop. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to discuss it. And from yellow, it could either go back to green, which means you keep you can continue on, or it can go to red, which in red means you just stop. That's like safe wording out. You're just done. Um, but it gives you that little bit of middle ground to like say, okay, I need to yellow for a second. Let's have a conversation. You know, I don't I, I'm lo- I'm loving what's going on, but you did this one thing. Maybe you had a negotiation, you forgot to mention something, and that person just happened to do it. You don't want to ruin the whole night the scene. You just want to tell them, hey, let's can we not do that again? You know, you call yellow, say, hey, this thing, I'm not a really fan. I forgot to mention, I'm sorry. Can we just not do that again? Yeah, sure. You know, and then you call green and you keep going. Um, one thing to remember about this, this, the, the light signal, the color system, is the person who calls yellow has to be the person who call green. If you called yellow, I cannot call green because I was not the one that, yeah, that, that stopped the scene. So I'm not going to continue until you say green. You know, it's, it's like one of those silly things to say It's like, but like, even if you say, okay, I'm all set, you say green, uh, you know, you green and then we go, you know, I, you know, it needs to be very explicit, especially when it comes to kink and kink has to be, should be very safe and very, and it can be very dangerous. A lot of things we, a lot of things that kinksters do can be risky and, you know, they can be dangerous. So we need to take every precaution we can to make sure we're being as safe as possible. You know, and with and in that part, in, in that sense, is there's a thing in kink uh, that we talk about that's called rack, risk aware consent, uh, risk aware consensual kink. It basically, I mean, it's what it sounds like. It basically means that you 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 understand there are risks, you are aware of them, and you you accept the fact that something bad could happen, but you're you're consenting to the scene, you're consenting to let things happen. You know, you're not consenting to be hurt. You know, but you're consenting to the fact that you understand that what you're doing could be dangerous, potentially be dangerous, and you could potentially be, get hurt in it, and you are aware of those risks. It's like, it's kind of the way I think about it, it's like, when a doctor, you're going for surgery, a doctor's always going to tell you the risks before you do surgery. He's going to make you aware of every possible outcome that could happen. And you are aware of that, and you sign paper saying, yes, I know this is going to happen, I still consent to surgery. Kind of think of it the same way. You, will, you know, as a person in the scene, you are you are saying, "Yes, I understand the risk. I understand the situation, and I'm okay with it. Let's let's continue forward." Okay, and we did
0: talk about this because um you was talking about from the sub view, but yes. from the from the Dom view, if he's not comfortable of doing certain things, he yes. also can call the the. the Use the light system.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of people think the sub is the only one that's going to that's use, is going to save for it out or is going to use, you're going to yellow or red out. Um, and it's not necessarily true. You know, I know this is not our first recording or first attempt at this. And I know in the past you've told me a story about um, years ago, some guy wanted to be fisted. You weren't comfortable. He was kind of pushing you, you know, and that would have been a time when, as the top, as the Dom, you could yellow out or you could have read it out. You know, the dom can still do it. Now, granted, the sub is more likely to to yellow or red, but it's not unheard of for a dom to do it as well. Because if you have a fairly I don't want to say the term aggressive, but if you feel like very have a very passionate sub that just wants to keep going and is very, very pushy, kind of like the situation you were in, um yeah, you can say nope, I'm gonna yellow, I'm gonna red. We're done, I'm not doing this. And you should never do a scene, whether you're a sub, whether you're a dom or anything, never do a scene you're not comfortable with. Uh, never agree to anything you're not comfortable with, never do anything you're not comfortable with and never feel like even though it was negotiated and you suddenly don't feel comfortable with it, you have to continue to do it. You know, the one thing with consent is it can be removed. You know, The one thing I tell people is when you're in a scene you never you can always renegotiate the scene. When I say that, I mean you can renew you cannot you cannot renegotiate renegotiate harder, but you can renegotiate softer. So if you're in a scene, if things aren't going the way you want them to, you're not feeling comfortable, you can stop and have another conversation and say, look I don't feel comfortable. I want to back it up. You never want to do it going scene scene, say, hey, we're having a great time, let's go a little bit further. Because you know when you're in a scene, when you're in just like any sexual encounter, your brain chemicals are off. They kind of start doing whack new do things to your body. You don't realize what how you're feeling, and you know, as a guy, your dick takes over, and you don't th- you don't always think straight. So you never want to be in the middle of a scene and say, "Okay, let's do more." You always want to, but you are one hundred percent allowed to say, "Let's do less," because the whole point of the scene is that fun. A whole point of kink is not fun. A whole point of sex is have fun. That's why they call it play. You know, you're playing because it's fun. You don't, you don't want to make it a chore. You don't want to make it a, ha- a habit. You don't want to make it uncomfortable. You want to have fun. And if you're not having fun, why the fuck are you doing it? <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: And we also talked about, because I had a, a situation where um, the guy had me take, uh, uh, what you call it, reefer gummies. Um Right. And the thing about it that I didn't like, um it put me it i don't know it's kind of i was in and out of consciousness it seems like, and I think that i w- was going too hard
1: right
0: but and but I don't know if I was or not, but I didn't feel comfortable in it and 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 I stopped of course he didn't want me to stop, but i mean it's it's I'm very new at it. Yeah. So um, and I didn't feel comfortable like beating someone because mm-hmm. I'm scared I'm going to beat them too hard. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying before, um, sometimes they do say beat me harder mm-hmm. and I really get uh, uncomfortable because I am think I'm going to I'm hurt
1: them. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I have no problem with. Drugs or any kind of mind-altering, I mean, I, hard drugs, highly addictive ones that can ruin your life. Yeah, I have a problem with that. But like marijuana, you know, a little E, some molly, you know, maybe whatever, poppers. I have no problem with that stuff, especially during play. But my only my only thing I would say is if you're not comfortable do scening while high or drunk or stoned, or or you're not comfortable having your partner high or drunk or stoned, don't do it. Um, especially if you're new to it, especially if it's your first, if it's if you're new with that partner, like the whole. So how I do it, and how I how I like to try to tell people what they should, how they should do it, especially when you're on the dom side, is I need to learn you. I need to learn your body. I need to learn your your, your tells. I need to learn your reactions. I need to know when when you make that face, that means yeah, I've gone too hard, but you don't want to say something. I, you know I want. I need to know when you make that face, that means. Okay, I'm kind of bored. It's you know I'm you know, I, I'm I'm gonna yellow up because I'm just bored and you're not doing enough. You know what I mean. So you need to learn those those nonverbal cues. If you're high, you're not paying attention to those nonverbal cues. And and if your partner is high, those nonverbal cues may not be there or they may not be the same. You know, and and even if they are the same, if you don't know the partner, if it's a new partner, and you don't know those verbal cues, nonverbal cues, they're not going to give you the verbal ones because they're too high, and they may not realize they're hurting. They know, they may not realize they need to give a cue to tell you to slow it down or whatever. You know, so I would say, I would say as a dom, I would never get high because I know how I am stoned, and I'm not going to scene stoned because I know how I am, and I'm not, my brain is not, I can't focus, I can't be in the scene. And that makes it dangerous. If I get too caught up, then I could hurt, I could potentially hurt somebody. And I don't, I obviously don't want to do that. But if my sub wants to, wants to be high or they want to get stoned. Cool. As long as we've, we've had it, we've talked about it. As long as we've had some time together that maybe seen a little bit, and I've kind of learned about them and learned their body and learned their cues. I'm fine with them getting stoned. You know, as long as they are also aware that, you know, if there's, if there's the first couple of times while I, cause you know, you learn their cues, but now you're gonna learn their cues when they're stoned, because it do, it will change a little bit. You know, as long as they're aware, like yes, I may not stop at the right points because I'm I now need to learn a whole new side of you, and your cues are gonna be a little different or a little skewed. So you know, uh, you know I'm gonna have that conversation and say, okay, if you want me to spank you and you're high, that's fine. If tomorrow you or when you when you when you sober up, you realize I hit you too hard, you know, understand that. I'm reading your cues and I'm now relearning those cues and I may not, I may miss one or two. And since you're high, you may not be able to give me the cue, you know? So there, there's that thing in the end, you got to learn it. Once you learn them high, then great. If they want to get stoned before you, before you with them, do it. But if you're never comfortable with it, I worked with a client that had a partner that would play with someone else and they would, and they would always get high or drunk or whatever, whenever they would play together. And they were asking for my my client to join them, you know. My client was sober, so they weren't going to get high or anything. But they wanted to join. They the the other couple they wanted to get high while they do it because that's how they play. And my client was very comfortable by this. And I told them, I'm like, you tell that per- you tell the- you tell your your partner, you tell his partner that you're happy to play with them and you're happy to play with them, and you're happy to let them be high or stone or stone, but not right yet. So, like you know, because they were they were also kind of newish doms. I'm like learn. I mean, it's all the same thing. Learn the learn your partners, and then And if they're not okay with that, then don't play with them. You know, it's it's very easy to say like you can. I will be happy to play with you as long as we follow these rules because they're you know. And it's not like you're asking the world. You're asking for safety. You know, and if anyone says no, I don't want to be safe, then you probably shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't be playing with them anyways. So yeah, I mean. If, Nothing wrong with it, but if you're not comfortable with it, do not do not do it.
0: Yeah. Since you brought up the safe part, mm-hmm. um, I would like to talk about the sexual wellness mm-hmm. when you're dealing when you're doing BDSM.
1: Yeah. So there's a, and I think a lot of the things that we do in the king community could translate very well to the the vanilla community. Um, in kink, because it is because it can be dangerous, because there is risk involved, we do ha- we do emphasize conversations, we do emphasize negotiation, we do emphasize consent, and we emphasize aftercare. And these are these are the things that we uh, that I will not do a scene. I've been married for thirteen years. I know my husband. I know everything. I know every inch of his body. I know every little thing that he likes. We're th- if we're going to try something that I've not we've not necessarily done before, or we're going to do something differently. We're gonna have a conversation about that first. We're not gonna just do it in the spur of the moment. Even though I, you know, even it's like I know he's gonna like this. I'm not gonna surprise him with that because that that's where we're, that's where safety is an issue. So what I would always I say to anybody, and again, this is great for even in the vanilla world, because most people you meet at a bar, you come home, you start fucking, and then you are kind of feeling it out. You do something, oh, I don't like that. Okay, don't do that again. Why go through that struggle when you can just have that conversation at the beginning? Oh, I don't really like head. Oh, I don't like getting eaten out. I don't like my ass chewed. Okay, cool. I won't even bother trying those things because you don't want them. And I don't like that. And that's good. And it just makes the scene, it makes the t- experience better. And, and Kink is the same thing. You want to talk to the person, you want to get to know them a little bit. And then you have a negotiation. This is what we're going to do. This is, this is the limits. These are, these are, these are, the, these are the things where, where we're agreeing to do. These are the things that we are not comfortable ever doing. These are our limits and these are the things we will not do, period. Um and then once, you know, after that, you can if you you come to an agreement, you both consent, you have your scene. You know, and again, don't don't change, don't, don't negotiate up once the scene starts. You know, I have I have a friend who negotiated a tickle scene and halfway through both partners like, oh, I'd really like to have fuck right now. But they didn't negotiate that. So they didn't do it. And that's, that's how it is. You know, they didn't negotiate sex. And in the moment, they're not of the right mind to make that decision because they may make a poor decision because of the the chemical changes in their body. And then after, after the scene is done or after the sex is done, you know, and it's something that the stereotypical straight guy is terrible with. It's, it's the aftercare. It's the cuddling. It's the talking. It's the comforting. You know, and everybody has aftercare. is differently. It's different. You know, my aftercare is not going to be the same as your aftercare. And everyone has to learn their aftercare in in, in kink. Like when you start, you don't know what it t- what you need. You don't. You don't. Even, when you start, you don't understand. It's it's hard to understand why why you need aftercare until you need it. Because when you're in a scene, um, the endorphins, the adrenaline, it goes high. It can it can spike really high, whether sub or dom and then after a scene when it drops you drop and there is a thing called drop, which you know is it's a it's a very well known very common thing where sometimes days after a scene a sub is gets depressed because the endorphins are gone the, the chemicals are gone and they get into a kind of a depressive state and doms can get that way as well um but what you want to do is afterwards you want to you need to comfort that person if i'm going to spend an hour spanking you and calling you dirty names I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need aftercare later to remind myself that I'm not, I'm not an asshole. You know, that's, that's what I need for aftercare. And I'm going to want to give you the aftercare to let you know that. No, I, those, you are not those things. You know, you are a person, you are a human being, and I respect you if that's what you want. You know, if you don't want that, I know I I play with someone who all they want to do is when we were done, they went in their car, they got high and they left. Cool. Mm -hmm. That was fine. You know, I didn't get my aftercare from them. But the, the, the good thing about being married is I had my husband. He was he was in the house. When I was done, I just cared with him. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about this guy who wants to just walk away. You know, and if you're with a partner that their aftercare is vastly different than yours and they can't give you what you want, that's another thing to say maybe we shouldn't play together. Because you kind of want to, you you know, especially if it's a long-term partner. If it's like a once or twice thing. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do. But if it's like a long-term partner and they're not giving you, they're not, their aftercare doesn't really mesh with yours. Like I'm a cuddler. I'm a kisser. I'm a talker. If I, if I'm with a partner and I'm and they don't want to cuddle afterwards. I don't want to fucking talk to you because that's who I am. That's I, I'm in the core affectionate, you know, emotional person. I will call you dirty names and I will beat you till you cry. But in the end, I'm, I'm a, I'm a kind, gentle hearted person. And I, need that cuddling afterwards. I need that gentle time for myself. So I want someone who wants it as well. You know, I don't care what you want during the scene. But after the scene, we're going to cuddle. If you don't want to cuddle, we're not fucking seeing
0: it. Um, Say a few words on um, because one guy was fooling around with. And I think he mentioned, I'm glad he did mention (coughs) that he he sterilized the toys before he brought them over. Mm. Very and, and of course he cleaned himself, you know, before he come over and all like this. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, you know, like I said, I was new at it, and I thought that it was, that was very interesting. That he told me that, and I'm glad he did tell me that, mm-hmm. because then I realized, because what toys he bought, I mean, if they're not clean, I, I mean, was put it, put it this way, it's more bad for him because I wasn't going to use them, you know, right? But I'm using them on him. Yeah. So, but he let me know that he. That he sterilizes his his toys, he sterilized them, yeah. And um, he and he made sure that he did the appropriate thing, you know, douche. I guess he called it douche and everything to make Dushy, sure, he yep. right? Which I'm glad he did because, <laughs> like I said, at the time we, we, that he was my very first one, and I didn't know what to expect if I'm going to fist somebody,
1: right? <laughs> so, yeah, so I want to fist and pull out a handful of poop. Yeah, yeah. I
0: didn't want to. Yeah. So um so anyway, is there anything else you can you know think of that that we should yeah,
1: know? well we can talk about that that whole thing with cleaning um yeah. and sterilizing because that is very important. Uh I have a puppy that I play with regularly and he's a he's a fisting puppy. Uh-huh. Um I call him puppy because he's into pup play. So he is, you know, we play we play, he's my puppy, I'm his daddy. And you know we do we do a lot of this stuff and something actually we talked about before, um, in one of the previous conversations that I also want to bring up is when me and him play, I am a nail biter yeah. and I have rings. When when I when I do any kind of fisting or fingering or any kind of ass play, I'm taking the rings off and I'm putting on gloves because that's a very sensitive area and even even if you're a guy with with you know if if you're if you're sleeping with a someone with female assigned parts, mm-hmm. even that, that that area can be very sensitive. You don't want to stick fingers in there, especially if you have sharp nails, rugged fingers or whatever, you could cut them, you know, in, if they bleed, if they have any kind of infection, you can get infected. Or if mm-hmm. you have any infection, you can give it to them. Uh, so that's, it's, you know, I will always wear gloves whenever I do any kind of fingering or penetration with my hand, I always wear a condom. That's also non-negotiable. Uh, if I have a partner that says, I don't want you to do that. I'm going to tell them too bad. Either I wear the glove or I wear the condom, or we don't play. You know, there's nothing wrong with standing your ground in, k- in kink and and being assertive. Uh, but when it comes to toys, I'm going to do a little show and tell. I think if I can, if I happen to have it here. Uh, spur of the moment. Um, these are I don't know what they call these are urethral dilators. So have you heard of sounding? Excuse me. Have you heard of sounding?
0: I think I might have. I don't know what it is. I might have. So this it.
1: is this is a urethral dilator. Uh-huh. Sounding is when you stick this into the urethra, right? And that's that's a kink. It's part of the medical kink. Oh yeah. And they have different sizes, and people will stretch up to different sizes. Mm, okay. You know, and these are really big. I could never even. I don't know anybody who can take that, but. I mean, I've seen porn. Um, whenever I use these, I will clean them. I will wash them. I will soap and water, and then I will rub them down with alcohol to disinfect them as much as I can. And when I play with these, and they're right, they're right here because you know I do. I also do like to play with them for myself, but they're one of my favorite toys for others as well. I have a repair. I have a box of gloves here, mm-hmm. and on top of that, I have is it? Sterile lubricants, like sterile surgical lubricants, yeah. not just plain lubricant. This is sterilized lubricant that the doctors will use when they do surgeries and procedures. Um, I'll put the gloves on. I'll squirt a little bit out. I won't touch the tip because you don't want to just you don't want to contaminate the tip of the, the container. I'll squirt some out, and that's what I will use. If I need to squirt out more, I will throw that that paper towel away, put lay out a new one, squirt some more out, maybe change my gloves first, and then use that always and it's all about safety it's all about precautions because you know if even if you're just doing ass play if you're using a toy even on yourself if you're using a toy that you've used on yourself and it's not clean you know you can it can it can still sit there and you know gather germs and and you know diseases and, and then you stick that back in yourself and now you're introducing those germs and those bugs and viruses back into your body and you're gonna you can get yourself sick You know, so it's not even, it's not necessarily even about keeping your partner safe, which is key number one, but it's also about keeping yourself safe, you know, never use, I never use any, I never insert a toy into myself or into a partner without making sure it's clean and safe first. And I think anytime anybody does it, I don't care if it's a a silicon dildo, a vibrator or a metal urethra dilator. You know, always want to make sure it's clean and it's in good condition. Also, also examine all your toys. If if there is any kind of wear and tear, if they look like they're breaking down, please replace them. Do not use a, a, a toy. You know, Keep in mind, silicon toys and lube sometimes interact poorly. Certain toys and certain lube will interact poorly. They will melt. If that happens, that toy is done. Throw it out. Get a new one. You know, just be. You always want to be safe. And you always want to be clean, and you always want to be safe. And and not you, you always want to be safe. You always want to be clean, and you always want to be sanitary whenever you do anything.
0: Yeah. By the way, the uh, the last guy I had, we I guess because we cuddled and took a nap together, so I guess that was our down downtime.
1: Yeah, that's your aftercare. That sounds that sounds like lovely aftercare. I one time I played with a guy, that I I you know I fucked him. And I, I I didn't I didn't come, but halfway through we were like, all right, let's take a nap. And we laid down. We took a nap. I was still inside of him. We napped. We fell asleep with me inside of him. I woke up, pulled out, and then we kind of just played more. That was a little bit of aftercare, you know. Whatever whatever it is for you, whatever works, you know. Find your aftercare. If you don't know what it is, that's fine. You'll learn, <laughs> you know. And it's it's basically about you do the scene, and then after the scene, you you reflect and say, what could I use right now to make me feel better about myself or oh, why can't you listen to it right now for comfort? And if that if that's you know a piece of chocolate cake, next next time you play, have a chocolate piece of chocolate cake ready. If that's cuddles, then have cuddles. If that's you know a cigarette and a bourbon, whatever whatever makes you feel better.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. You know, I I kept saying why I got you why you got to do this video because this way I could show it to somebody and I don't have to say all, what you said. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. And I'm You're quite right. sure I hope my audience is gonna enjoy, enjoy the video.
1: Yeah, and if they, they want to reach me my website, WesleyToma.com Um, or you can email me, Wes at WesleyToma.com Um, I'd love, love love to talk to anybody and you know, I'm also taking clients if you want if you need a life coach, you know, a yeah. relationship coach, I'm here for you.
0: All right, all right. So I'm gonna end this part by saying. You have just heard the craziness that lives inside my head.